0: Hello and welcome to Black Eye the podcast, the podcast where I share my perspective on life through my eyes. Hi guys, welcome to episode 5 of yet yeah, 5 of Black Eye the podcast I couldn't remember. This week the topic is going to be or I should say this episode is called Letter to my younger self. Hi guys, thanks for listening in again. Hope everyone's had a good week. My week has been um it's been an interesting one. Very busy, uh, lots of introspection. I've come to some important realizations that I will hopefully in six months time be able to pinpoint one of the days this week as a moment in my life that to find me changing things, which is interesting, but I'm not gonna talk about it too much now because I, like, I don't like to jinx things. But um, yeah, interesting developments and in decisions that I'm kind of like hoping will bring more positivity in the creative side of my life. But other than that, it's been a pretty standard week. Um, chilled today had some friends inside took doji for a walk and now i'm currently roasting a chicken um and so my alarm's gonna go off at some point i have to go and take it out of the oven in 20 minutes but we'll, yeah i'll if you hear a beep that's why um but today's episode is one that was actually recommended to me by listeners so thank you very much for that um and i thought it's such a great topic um as an adult now technically not even technically as an actual adult um thinking about if i could write a letter to myself and i have I have th- I have five. I'll try and see if I can get three or five, but I'll I'll try and hit three, and then if I have time, I'll go for the for the other two. But I thought about three things I wanted to say to my younger self. Now looking back, as someone who's got a bit more experience under my belt in terms of just life generally, um, because I I think as a kid was as I think generally at any stage in your life, you think you know what you're doing because you base your decisions and your experience, and your perspective on what you know thus far. So you, you, to you at that point, that is the kind of the right way to operate or that's the right way to be and whatever. And actually, I think when you go up and you look back, you're like, well, I understand why I thought that or I did that or behave that way. But actually, realistically, I don't think that was maybe the best way of doing things or the way to actually handle things that I would ha- or I wouldn't handle things in the same way now. A lot of that's age, a lot of that's experience. But I think it's actually I hope that my letters to my to myself will help listeners perhaps think about things they've learned since growing up and also things maybe they could learn and want to change currently because I try and think like on my 27th birthday I always every birthday I try and think about what I want to try and focus on or, or do differently in the year going forward and this year for me it was trying to be less um, explosively reactive in situations sometimes I can get very passionate about things very quickly or get annoyed about things I believe in and kind of like really go for it but I've been trying to be calmer about things and actually just take a a beat and be like, okay, wait a second, like fine. That's how you feel. You know how you feel. That's what you think, entitled to and probably valid. But is this the right way to handle it or express that? And is this the right time to do it? And just that just kind of thinking things through in a different kind of way. And that's been really, for me at least, has been really beneficial and it's just helped me kind of prevent myself from getting one step ahead before I actually kind of think about what I'm doing and sometimes I regret that I handle things a certain way or said things a certain way. Cause I'm I'm a very direct person, I say what I think and I don't like to be fake or pretend or deliver things in a way that kind of like buttered up and like not as honest as I would say them. But I do, I can see how that can also affect people who aren't necessarily as direct or like need things delivered in a certain way or kind of take things personally. So that's what I've been working on so actually this letter is a good one because actually there's things that I've learned about myself since growing up they definitely haven't sat down probably and thought about so number one would be and this is not in order of importance this is just the first one I thought of don't take things so seriously and I think that's a great one because as as a kid you kind of like everything is like the end of the world you know like your parents have a go at you and you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna like move out i'm gonna run away from home or i'm gonna i'm look com and like taking things so seriously like i can't believe my mum didn't let me go to this thing and obviously sometimes parents are wrong and they don't get me wrong parents get it wrong a lot like no one's perfect but you know as a kid i remember like when my parents get annoyed at me i'd get annoyed like how can they be annoyed at me like uh, they don't even understand like they think they know they don't know and things seem so dramatic or like if you have a fight with a friend you're like crying for days or so upset or emotional like wondering if you're ever gonna have friends again oh what did I do to service and blah, blah 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 And actually it's like we're, we're very emotional as kids and I'm sure puberty plays a role in that and how you kind of handle and process things but I remember just thinking as a kid that, like I took everything so seriously. and I get so in my head and so worked up and I would and it's partially still in me now as someone who ruminates a lot and likes to really think, think, through, think things through and I would just get into a point where I'd be like constantly thinking and thinking and thinking like oh my god what about this and what about that and yeah I just think as a kid nothing is that serious or that disastrously important that you have to kind of pour your whole life into I remember some friends that I fell out with and I it really would devastate me and I would kind of think a lot about what that meant about me as a person? Why did this person not like me? That was that because I was someone who had a flaw, or I wasn't cool enough, or I wasn't good enough, or you know, I always thought it was to do with a fault in myself. Or you know, if I got in trouble at school, or I didn't get the grade I wanted, or I didn't feel super popular, or I didn't feel like people liked me. That would really get to me, and I just I remember I would just I was very insular as a kid. I didn't really share much about how I was feeling, or what I thought, up in, for a long time, up until kind of maybe like the last three or four years, I've got better at sharing with my friends and talking about how I'm feeling, talking about my day and that kind of thing. But as a kid, I was very instant. I, I would really, i get home and I'd get back from school and I'd just sit on the floor and think and be like, okay, well, oh, this person said this today, so that probably means this this, and all. Like, that must mean they think this about me and I've got to make sure that they don't and I'm like, oh, these guys at school, this group of guys at school don't like me and they say it's because of this and that. And like, that means that that's bad, so I should probably change height. And I would really take everything to heart, and I'd be worried about, oh, like if I don't if I don't pass this exam, then I'm not going to get into uni, and I'm going to be like not get a good job. I'm going to disappoint my parents, and like have no money, and like everything was so serious to me as a kid. And the reason I say this one, I think, is really important if you're listening, and you are like younger than I am. It's very emotionally draining to to use that much energy all the time working yourself up, and it makes you it makes you kind of see things generally from a catastrophic view and always you always think that things are going to go wrong and things always work themselves out and that actually finally segues on to the next point that I make which is which is that you know number two things do work out but before I get to that and I just look looking back at myself now I remember I just think there are so many things as a child that I allowed myself to get stressed about or worked up about or I remember I fell out with like two of my best friends at like in year 10 because uh, and this is the stupidest fight of all time and I won't even go into details just in case one day that comes back to bite me in the back but we felt out like it was something stupid about the comments someone made on Facebook that was misinterpreted but they just stopped talking to me and they were the group it sounds like I'm crying I'm not crying by the way and they were the group that I used to go to lunch with every day so I had no one to go to lunch with so I ended up like having to kind of like find a new friendship group and try and repurpose myself and that was really actually that was really actually I'd say heartbreaking for me because I you know I, I felt like well if there's a group of three of us and two of them can turn the back on me then like I'm obviously not valued I'm not important it really was really stressful for me um and I ended up finding like better friends who I'm still friends with now one of them is getting married I'm going to the wedding you know so it, it works it works out but I think when you take things so seriously all the time and get yourself beaten up and into a dark place you can actually end up like not enjoying life and that's why it's like if you worry about everything all the time you miss the good moments you are too busy being stressed and worried and you end up not being able to enjoy the beauty of life overall where things are typically good and there are things to be happy about and it's never going to be the end of the world you're still a child you're still young you're still whatever age i am whatever age you are as i'm writing this letter but nothing's that serious as a kid like even exams even grades like if you get bad grades at gcc you can still get good a levels even if you fail your a levels you can retake them and you can reapply to uni multiple times and even if you flop your uni degree like don't take anything so seriously because there's always a way to deal with it or fix it you just have to kind of figure it out so that's number one number two things always work out and i have come to and this maybe is partially because of the way i live my life quite chaotically that i end up in situations where things are pretty stressful and intense all the time but I've come to learn, realize and respect that things will always work themselves out. Um, you just have to give it time and have faith that that's gonna happen. So again, the scenario I was saying about not having friends for the first few weeks, it was kind of awkward. Not having friends to go to lunch with, its kind of awkward. And I would tag along with this group, and tag along with this group and like maybe eat lunch by myself. And then eventually I just kind of said to these guys, oh, hey, do you guys mind if I come to lunch with you? Like going forward they're like yeah cool whatever like you know um we meet here at this time we try and get out of a lesson and we all kind of meet at this outside our form and then we walk over to the canteen and they took me in and it's like i now looking back the people i became friends with after i fell out, my previous friends were a better match to who i was and so actually that situation at the time was super painful but it worked out for the best and there are like even more examples i think now like i remember applying to unis I had no idea what I wanted to do and I was stressing about my career my future and if I choose being a lawyer I could like I choose that or I choose not being a doctor then I can't go back because once I've done my A-levels I've done my A-levels so I can never change and I just remember being like worried that if I made a bad decision then it would kind of again be catastrophic but then it worked out because I ended up you know going to Bristol which I loved and like Law was intense but I did a law degree and ended up then switching to finance and it wasn't necessarily a a pathway that I planned on but I got a great job and I'm happy with my job and I'm there now and so it's kind of like you can sit and stress about things for ages and really worry about you know what's going to happen but things work out and of course this is no way me saying that it's not good to take stock of how you're feeling and be worried or be concerned about things but realistically more times than not obviously there are certain things that happen that you know don't work out but as a kid as as the letter i'm writing to my younger self i would like you to realize or see the pattern or be cognizant of the fact that actually situations where things go wrong typically work out and then again even i think like now as an adult sometimes there are situations where i'm falling out with a friend or disagreeing about something with a friend and it's really annoying and really tense and you might we end up maybe getting at an impasse we don't speak for a while. But most of my close friendships in fact all of my close friendships where we've had issues or not been friends or not spoken for a time period, I'm getting better now at like not um not overhyping myself and kind of being like what's where's this gonna end up? Like what does this mean or what's gonna happen in the future. Because what is the word saying case for us like what will be will be like it will work itself out if it's supposed to if you're supposed to stay friends with that person and you really love them and you really want things to work out then you know if it's meant to be it might be in a month's time it might be in a year's time It might be in two days time you might cross paths again you might end up becoming friends with someone else they're friends with them meeting again you might just decide that you want to drop the the fight message and say hey like let's just talk this out or they might do the same but sometimes it's good to just let things go like let things be and just let them work themselves out. And I found even with like like now, like with my flat and stuff and trying to figure stuff out, like getting builders and buying stuff. And I remember when I was viewing doing flat flat viewings, (laughs) I couldn't find one that I liked and I couldn't find the area that I liked. And it was like up and down. I found another flat actually, made an offer, instructed a lawyer, started paying the fees, went to go and visit the flat, spoke to a few neighbors again, and one guy was actually super honest and was like, yeah, I've lived here for five years, but I rent my flat floods all the time when it rains cause it's ground floor. What floor is your flat? The flat I put an offer on was ground floor. Um, he said, you know, this used to be a property that I think back in the nineties where people, some drug addicts had a problem on the roof and sometimes people still break in on the roof and then they go up there and do like meth or whatever. And I was like, okay and he was like, oh yeah, and then behind the building it's the alleyway that leads to the restaurant, so all the builders are out there late at night smoking when they finish their shifts at like 11, 12, sometimes 1, they drink out there, they sing out there, I was like, fine Bites get, uh, bikes, bikes get stolen out there, the list just went on and on so I pulled out from the flat and that was really upsetting, I was like, "Well, wow, this is kind of unbelievable, I found someone that I really liked and then I have to then pull out, like, who, who, who does that happen to that they find out that actually a place they're about to buy has like crackheads like inhabiting the roof, but then I kept searching, I just kept going, kept my head up. And then two weeks later I found the flight I live in now and it was the best flight I've seen out of all the like 20, 30 flats I'd viewed, best location, two bedroom. And it just was like it just, it just just worked out for me. Um, and that was when I kind of was like, wow, it's interesting. Cause like two weeks ago, if you told me that this would happen, I would have not believed that I would have, I was so stressed and so on edge and so annoyed. And so like just pissed off that I was in the situation I was in. And I would never have guessed that it was it would all resolve itself in two weeks. Um, but sometimes it's like having that that co- confidence or comf- comfortability in or that belief and trust that you know things will work out um, as they as they need to be. And you know, even sometimes I think with work things, you might get a project and be like, "How the hell am I going to do this? Or how am I going to make this week work? Or how am I going to get this deadline out?" But Things typically resolve themselves in a natural way, and like there's like life is very cyclical. I think sometimes you go through phases of like things. Oh, dropped my phone. Sometimes you go through phases of life where things just are fine and work out perfectly, and there's not an issue. And and sometimes you have issues, and then you one you're in the cycle of issues, you forget that actually. Before the cycle of things not being so great, I was in a good, good patch and a good period, and like things kind of do cycle through, and like you might have a lot going on, it's annoying and stressful, and then it ends up being fine and it works out again. But you just have to remind yourself that that is kind of the pattern and cycle of life. So I think, yeah, it's um, that's one thing I always try and like, and like, like I, I can't find my wallet currently, um, and I need to find it, but I'm just trying to not stress because like either I find it and it's here, or I've lost it, and I think it might be work, but either I've lost it or I haven't lost it. Either way, I'm gonna to have to deal with that at some point. But I've just been looking around as I can. I've been searching stuff and then like asked a few friends. But I just it will work itself out. It's gonna be somewhere. This happens to me all the time. I lose my wallet. But I, what I don't want to do is like let my overthinking and worrying nature mean that I then am on edge for days because I can't find my wallet and I'm freaking out. Like oh my god, what's gonna happen? Like what? Like and I did this before when I lost my wallet a few months ago. I think I told. I think I mentioned this on the podcast um, when I lost my wallet and I was freaking out. And it's just not worth the energy you lose from stressing about it all the time i'd rather just be calm about it and just kind of keep a level head and then that will help me that will help me get through the situation in the best way possible number three is is um a slightly deeper one and it's don't be afraid to take risks in pursuing your dreams and at 27 as i look back at myself and my passions and hobbies and interests I had as a kid. I knew very clearly I loved art. I loved acting. I loved like performing. I loved music. I loved writing music. I loved playing the guitar, the keyboard. Um, I loved, I loved being creative. And I think I reached an age where, so essentially when I was, um. when I was in between the first and second year of uni, I went to an agency to try and get like picked up for acting. And the guy said to me, you will only play drug dealers, a schoolboy, or a gangster. And this was not him being like, well, it wasn't appropriate, but it was was not him being mean. He was just saying like, those are the roles we see for black guys, that's what you're you're gonna get cast for. And I said, okay, fine, yeah, whatever, cool. Um, i'll make it work but when i got home i remember thinking like wow i there's not space for me in the creative world to be the kind of creative person i want to be and then i kind of i remember that was the point where i started being more practical about practical about what i wanted to do and what my dreams were and they my my dreams and like ambitions and goals became mild with like logic and practicality and calculation of risks and reward and i think I wish I could go back to myself when I was 12 and say to myself, like, keep playing the guitar and and keep practicing and keep singing and keep acting and don't be shy. I think I was always, and I did a lot of, you know, musical theater and drama and stuff at school, but I was always kind of scared to say that's what I wanted to do fully. Like, I wanted to be an actor. I would, say so I like acting and I, I kind of never really actually allowed myself to, fully admit that's what I wanted to do and I have friends who did that at different stages of their lives and most of them it's worked out for them and they've had varying degrees of success and I I wish I had kept the conviction I had in my heart and not become um, I guess be- become like an adult really I'd lost my childhood innocence essentially and just kept that same level of dedication desire and passion I remember dreaming as a kid like I can't wait to like be on stage and perform for this many people and do this and do that and whatever because I just loved doing it I loved doing theater school I loved acting I loved singing I loved doing all that stuff and it kind of when I got to uni and I was like I was out of the like the school bubble where I kind of I'd been in the drama like on in the drama cover drama kind of like circle for years so I always did, I did like two or three plays a year and I had my friends and we I knew the teachers and I like was involved oh there's my timer for my chicken I was involved in you know all of that kind of stuff and then when I got to uni it became more like serious because, you know, I was studying for a degree for my career and everything felt more ancillary, like the kind of the other passions I had and I was super stressed and worried about doing that. And I kind of like told myself I had to drop that and not be distracted and I s I kinda of let that go for a few years and didn't really act at all I didn't act at all at uni. I was too I was too scared to join the acting club because I went there one day to see them all like rehearsing for something and I was like, Oh my god, these guys are like so dedicated. That they, they they're like they're so good. And they know, they know this is what they want to do. And they're clear that, that they want to be actors in their uni, but actually acting is their passion. And I was too scared to ever allow myself to truly like accept or admit or claim that I, that's what I wanted. And I was scared to pursue those dreams fully. And so I was like, well, I can't compare to these guys because I'm just not like on that level. I don't have the same energy. And so I just pulled out and drew away. Um, and I stopped playing keyboard. Like I'd play every now and then with my friend, Harry, we'd go to the, studio, like, the uni studio and play and like write and, you know, jam or whatever but I never really did anything fully right I never just sat down and said okay well I'm gonna keep acting or I'm gonna keep auditioning for stuff and I kind of lost like a, a year or two in that luckily then I kind of came across some friends that kind of pulled me into creative endeavors and I've done a few things since but one thing I lost was what's well, kind of been dulled is that same conviction and passion and desperation to do those things that I know I loved, and so I say to my younger self don't let the world dull your passion and your dreams and there's and there's nothing wrong with taking a risk and there's also nothing wrong with failing Um and that kind of ties into it as well I think my fear of like doing things and not you know being a Nigerian firstborn male in the UK and being black right and having to kind of being raised saying you have to do things at a high standard because people are gonna judge you at a high standard because you're of color and you're whatever, you know, you kind of learn that all that we can accept is A star <laughs> is the best. And so with creativity, it's kind of like, okay, well, say you wanna act to your audition, 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 you keep failing, like that's failure and failure is not good or you wanna you know, make music and you're putting music out and it's, people don't like it and it doesn't go anywhere and you've embarrassed, embarrassed yourself by putting, by opening up yourself and exposing yourself to the world and letting them know what you want to do and then you failed and it's embarrassing. And I think I deal a lot with like what people are gonna think and that's my next point. Um, it doesn't matter what people think about you, that's number four. But a lot of fear and worry about um, failure and how that would make me look to other people. So yeah, number three, don't be afraid to pursue dreams and take risks it's worth it and i'm kind of like now in this new like i've gone through like a metamorphosis this like last week where i'm like actually i've i feel like that burn and that fire and that passion that kind of like motivation again like to really just go for it and try and do the things i love doing without fear so if you're reading this letter if you can avoid losing the shine and the energy and the passion good but if you do you'll find it again when you're 27 Number four, it doesn't matter what people think about you. This is a, this is, I think, I think everyone probably struggles with this to a degree. And I don't think I, I'm not saying, I don't think I necessarily struggle with it more than the average child, teenager, young adult. But I think it's something that I still am working through now. And I think a lot of my friends are, and we all kind of need to as a a society. But, you know, as a kid, you want to fit in and be cool and, people, you want people to like you and you want people to um, respect you and you want to not be the odd one out. And I remember being bullied as a kid because I was black and I was like into arts and I was not the most macho guy on, in school and I was outspoken, and I was confrontational, and I was smart. And so there were already, I was already on, <laughs> on the back foot and there were already a lot of things that meant I was kind of like aware that made me different to other people. And so I didn't want anything else to kind of, I don't want to give people a reason to have a go at me or, or to not like me. And so when people didn't like me at school or even up until a few years ago, when people didn't like me or treat me differently, I, it would really rattle me. I'd be like, Oh my God, like, what is wrong with me? Like, I'm, I must be a weirdo or a freak. Or like they have, they're like they're, they're friends with this guy, but not me. So it must be me. Like maybe I'm a weirdo. Or like maybe I'm ugly or I'm odd or I'm like not funny enough or I'm not cool. And I'd really try and like, I guess I try and like understand how I could mold myself to be liked by that person. Um, and that is unhealthy generally to try and change yourself to please someone else because you never know what's going to happen with that person. They could vanish or stop being friends with you. But also for your own sense of self, it's very damaging to not have a strong sense of self and try to adapt. And that's one thing like, I think I have that I, I class that as a skill, but also it can be a curse is that I'd say I'm quite a chameleon that I can blend in different scenarios with different people in different groups and bring out different traits of myself as necessary to, to just thrive in that scenario. But adapting and changing you, I think are different things or, you know, showing different versions of yourself versus like putting on a persona or personality different things. And I, I think as I got to sixth form, I kind of went through this kind of like state of rage. Cause I realized I'd been kind of, trying to appease people at a school that was full of a lot of racist and problematic people and just people that just didn't like any school there are problems right and i had been trying to keep everyone happy and be friends with everyone and like make sure people liked me and I realized actually a lot of these people were never gonna like me and I didn't need them to like me and I just needed to be myself and talk about what mattered to me and stand my ground and be the best version of myself. And I disagreed with something I was entitled to say that. And if that meant someone wasn't going to like me, then that was their problem. And so, and a lot of that came from me starting to speak about race and the way we were treated at school as as black people and just race in the world and like challenging like certain like closed or backwards mindsets that people had and just really not standing for it. And people obviously don't like being called out. So that kind of didn't go too well. And yeah, I, I just, it was, it was interesting, but I stopped caring I probably like the last year stick from what people thought about me as long as I felt like what I was standing for or what I was saying or what I was doing was I believe that was the right thing to do then I became confident in that um and again it kind of changed a bit of uni where you're in a new scenario you don't know people and I mean I went to Bristol Union Bristol Union was basically all white private school kids from London or like other rich out like county parts of the country and I was like a black boy that went to a white school in Essex, but different kind of white people. And it was actually really weird because I didn't, I just didn't understand the culture. I hadn't skied, I didn't have a signet ring, I didn't have parents who did X Y Z or like all CEOs. I hadn't been like to all these, like I hadn't been to Nairobi and Kenya and I had not whatever. And it was just very weird. so I had to kind of oh my god, like even though I know who I am, like I know that I'm gonna be the odd one out here. So I was really like desperate to try and be a version of myself that would appease these people and make them be interested in being friends with me. And I think at times I was kind of performative and would like show interest in certain things or speak a certain way or kind of re- react a certain way. Or if I disagree with something, not say anything, just not to rock the boat, say, oh yeah, that's fine. I think that's fine. Um, even though I know I didn't agree with it, it because I cared what people thought. Uh, and of course that's natural to a degree because when you are in a new scenario, you meet people you want to kind of find commonality so you can relate, but it sh- I don't think it should drive your your existence in a way, and another, I guess, another kind of way I view this. It doesn't matter what people think about you. Is in terms of your outward perception. I and I've spoken to my friends about this a lot recently. There's this thing with maybe it's a social media thing because obviously people, you have to share things as you're doing them and as you kind of build your following as you're doing them, and people, your friends follow you on those pages. So they see your attempts or Debra's or hobbies endeavors sorry or hobbies or interests um whereas maybe before like that wasn't the case you kind of just you hustled and you had to grind in the background and you either got signed or had a deal or like you were doing well but I think there's a, this big thing on social media about like being embarrassed to say that you like things or that you want to attempt to do something This kind of like oh but what if I say I want to do it and people are, like think I'm a weird I don't think I'm I don't think I'm going to be good at it or they judge me for it or they think I'm like getting too big for my boots or they don't like it or I, what if I fail or what if I don't achieve it and like it's embarrassing me being begging and like posting like reels and doing that and I remember I posted my story a few months ago I was like so I came to a realisation I was like the reason I've never really I guess gone as like as hard or as like completely at, at this kind of creative side to myself so I was I think I was embarrassed to be the kid that was trying to be a content creator. I found that like people, were, oh cool, whatever. But no one was ever no one ever had a negative reaction to it. It was in my head that I just felt I looked like a loser. Oh like please watch my YouTube channel. Please watch my YouTube channel. Oh I'm doing this like um lockdown diaries thing. Oh like please listen to my podcast. I felt like a beggar and I I am someone who hates who hates like asking for th- things or like needing stuff from other people in that kind of way. And so like with content stuff, you kind of have to ask people to follow you, and ask people to share, and ask people to comment, and ask people to engage with your content. You need support from people, and so I would, used to just hate like posting like oh I did this, like oh here's me trying to be funny on the reel that I filmed on my own in my house like last night and edited all day today. Like I want attention, I want likes, but or like I'm making this video that I edit, spent like four hours editing, and I post it online, and oh, I only got ten likes, oh, that's con- or ten views even. Like that's annoying, and I was embarrassed that you know things weren't going well, and I wasn't like I wasn't Nella Rose, I wasn't KSI, but. There's nothing embarrassing about attempting things. And I think it's funny cause I know that when I look at my friends or other people that I follow that are attempting things or starting new projects or going down new avenues or whatever, I'm like, good for you. I'll share it on my story. I'll comment and say, great. I'll listen to the podcast or I'll, I'll do whatever. And I don't in any way ever kind of think negatively about it, but I have this and maybe it's a negative voice thing. I have this feeling that when I'm doing, I'm like, oh, people are probably looking at me thinking, oh God, here he goes again. But that isn't the case. And I've, I'm still coming to terms with it now but I'm as I'm writing this letter to my younger self I'm still working through it but I want to kind of say this in a letter to help my younger self start on the journey earlier of not caring and it doesn't really matter I think and everyone that I do talk to when I see them they're like oh I love that you're starting a new podcast I loved your last podcast and I don't even have ADHD or OCD, but I just listened because I thought it was great and I wanted to support you or I love your I love that you're doing these reels or I, I watch your YouTube videos still or whatever and I think they're good and it's like no one's ever been like oh my god it's a bit begging me like I would stop doing that if I was you but like my whole thing is that I think people are going to think badly about me, but also even if they do, who the heck cares? It doesn't matter. People come and go, some friendships last, some don't, some relationships last, some don't. Like these things are very fickle in the grand scheme of things when you're talking about yourself, your life, your career, your hobby, your passion. um, And I think it's a lesson that we could all do well to actually pick up on and learn from earlier and as soon as possible, because that's what I think holds a lot of a lot of people back is the fear of failure and then the fear of negative perception generally and yeah, it's um it's not healthy, so yeah, focus on yourself, do what you wanna do, and the rest will come and follow as it should and if people also if people don't support you or people are negative or they say whatever. Do you really want those people in your life, Are those people you really want to be friends with, or do you, people you want to be hanging out with? No. So actually, it's probably for the best that you can identify the fake friends, or the unsupportive friends, or the people that you don't need to put as much time into in that way. Or that also, also identify the friends that are just not friends that are going to listen to your content or engage with the content, and that's fine because your content's not, not going to be for everyone. But figuring out, you know, where people stand is fine. But no one's ever going to be like, "Oh my god, I, I blocked you and unfollowed you because I just think it's so embarrassing that you're trying to do something that you enjoy." it's not gonna happen so don't let life get you down five is and it's one again that i've learned recently and as i talk about it with my friends i'm actually like yeah it's so true open up more that's the, that's my advice to myself i was always the friend that i spoke about this last week on boundary when i spoke about boundaries in the episode but i was always the friend that would be the therapist for my friends and be on calls for hours and hear them crying and be like no it's okay and supporting them and like talking through things for hours and days and weeks and and then people would be like how are you and i'd be like yeah i'm actually good like well what's going on with you nothing really like literally just been working and seeing friends and that was honestly always my default answer my default or default default answer i'm gonna say um i would just say that and i genuinely believed it and no one ever challenged me on it because it's like well they're like why is this guy alive he's got nothing to say like what, what am i gonna do like put a gun to his head and force him to speak and say what's on his mind like obviously not So, people would just not say anything. And then eventually, like when I went through therapy, my therapist was like, you know, what do you talk about with your friends? I'm like, the blah, 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 and the blah, blah. And they're like, so you talk about them. I was like, no, I talk about me. And she was like, okay, well, what did you talk about with you? And I was like, "Um, I, I tell them that I went out on the weekend. She's like, but you don't share emotionally and vulnerably, and you don't let people feel like they're supporting you, or you make people feel like they don't need you don't, you don't need them to support you. And so then they, they stop doing that to you in that way. And then you feel left out and like, you're not getting enough, but actually maybe you're playing a part in setting up a dynamic in a relationship or a friendship where you present as if you don't need or want certain things so people stop trying to give them to you because you don't need them or you don't give them a chance to give those things to you. And one of my best best friends, Gray was saying how like we've become so much closer in the last, like, three or so years, because I've just started being more open with them and talking about when I'm having a bad day at work. And it, that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't have to be like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I can't go on. It's like, sometimes just being honest, like, oh yeah, I'm good actually, but I had a bit of a crappy week, like this happened, just really pissing me off. And it's it's small and it's mundane, but it's not that like you're burdening your friend by sharing that. It's just, that's the kind of the discourse and the components that make up a friendship is like talking and sharing things and like, oh, like, you never believe what I read today, blah, 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 blah. I'm just talking about that, or like, oh, or like, oh, I had a fight with my mom, or like, this person pissed me off, but like, you have to share, it has to be a two-way street, and I think balance is always important, and I just never felt like, I I always felt like I didn't need to, I felt like, you know what, I I could ask this person, or tell this person a story, but I don't really need to, because I know what I'm going to do, and I thought through it, just comes back to the point number one about me overthinking things, I've thought through it, for hours and days and I know that this is the the best outcome I'm very much kind of a person when it comes to decisions or situations I'll just think about it until I bottom out every single possible route or outcome and weigh up the facts and pros and cons then be like okay the best thing to do is probably this and then I just do it so I'm always like I don't think I need to speak to someone else to get that because I know what I'm going to end up doing and I know how I feel about it but then I actually you get surprised when you do start talking to people and sharing your experience and asking questions and blah, blah blah blah. that actually sometimes you get perspectives from people that you didn't even expect like you tell someone that you're just telling on the off chance because you're having a conversation they share a really insightful piece of information or a really useful perspective on something that you wouldn't even have thought of because diversity of thought is always better and the more i start doing that with friends i was like sometimes it's even not that you want the advice or the help it's just that it's good to talk and get it off your chest and share how you're feeling and just have someone listen and be like, yeah, that is really crappy. That is, you had a really bad week or that's really annoying. Or oh, have you thought about doing this or like, you should do this. And like, it's just, it's good to open up with people and let people in and give people a chance to see that you also are human. And there's nothing wrong with like having problems or talking about them or wanting help or wanting support. Like it's good that you're aware of what your problems are and what you're going through, but not talking about it with anyone is also not the way to go about it. and so, yeah, it's one that I, like, now I'm de- I think I'm definitely in a much better place. I would just text people and be like, oh, my God, I'm having the worst day ever. I'm literally in such a bad mood. And they're like, oh, my God, no, what's going on? Like, we should talk about it. And then it's just nice knowing that someone's aware that you're having a bad day and then someone's going to check in on you and ask you how your day was or, like, what happened in the end with that situation with your manager or whatever. Like, whatever's going on, right? Or that situation with your friend or your, like, ex, you're like, the person you're seeing or, like, that neighbor was being annoying. Like, whatever happened, that thing that was on your mind, you have someone to share it with and someone that's going Ask you how it's going down the line. It's just good to have that kind of support. And there's nothing wrong in opening up and needing that. So I think, yeah, that's number five. I think just open up more and you'll be surprised, positively surprised at what comes from it. Okay, cool. So Timmy's takes. I watched the video this week. I saw it on TikTok and then I actually ended up watching the full video of my mum. And you can find it on YouTube if you search th- what I'm about to say. Uh, it's Elizabeth Gilbert talking about distinguishing between hobbies, jobs, career, and vacation. And I was just scrolling, I don't normally, I don't normally like these like motivational videos with like, okay, let me talk to you guys and tell you about this. So you stay with me. One, you gotta do this. Two, you will always learn this. Three, if you, but it captivated me straight straight away when I was watching because she just has great delivery. And the video, basically, she talks about the difference between those four things I said. Hobbies, jobs, careers, vocation. And it's really interesting because I never really thought about the difference between them or that there really was that great difference between them. But I learned a lot from this video. And she, So Elizabeth, Elizabeth basically says that a hobby is something you do purely for pleasure with no desire or need for reward, return or, like, compensation. You just do it because you love doing it and you have no desire for it, for it to become, like, your... Life or like your job or your passion, or you're not planning it to go, any- or go-, go anywhere or like for you to get better at it and evolve and then be able to do XYZ. You just do that thing because you like doing that thing. For example, you might just be gardening because you like gardening, or roller skating, or knitting, or crocheting, or whatever. That's hobby. Job is something you have that is a means to an end. It provides you money to, to pay for the things you have to pay for bills, phone, electricity, nearly said gas then, but yeah, um, petrol. Um, all those things that, you know, you have these outgoings that you have to deal with each month and the job is the means to get that. And it's a, and it's a contract, an agreed exchange that I give you this service, you give me money and I go home. That's the kind of situation. And job doesn't have to be something that you love. It can just be something that you're literally doing for that purpose. Like, I want to be a singer, but, you know, um, I haven't made it yet. So I work shifts at my local restaurant so I can pay my bills and I can afford to eat and go out and see my friends and have fun a career is like your long-term plan for or the trajectory you're on within your job or you know what you want i guess not always within your job but i guess what your long-term trajectory is and where it looks like your progression is going and one thing she said was if you hate your career then you should get out and start again because if you're working hard and engaging in something and progressing and kind of getting promotions in the career path that you don't want to be and then you're wasting your time um and then the final one was vocation. And this is one we probably all know, but don't use the word vocation often. Vocation is something that you, it's your calling, it's your purpose, it's something you love to do. And you know it's your purpose in life. Is that that's the thing you're going to do. And this is interesting, right, coming from the, um, what I just said about my letter to myself. And I think it was number three or four, where I said, you know, don't be afraid to pursue your dreams and take risks. And like, that's the thing I think with my vocation, I've always known what, that was and what I loved doing, but I I didn't always allow myself to acknowledge that, or I kind of dulled it down and silenced it a bit because it was scary to actually accept that and do it. But hey ho, 27 years, still got, I'm still young, I've got, I've got time to go. But I thought it was cool to actually like, I was talking to my mum about this and I was like, do you have hobbies? And she was like, well, yeah, of course I do this and I do that. I was like, those aren't hobbies, mum." like, <laughs> watching TV is not really a hobby, it's just like you're chilling. But my mum was like, yeah, actually, I, you know, I think and a lot of my, like my dad's the same, and I'm sure a lot of Nigerian parents are the same. They just work and get stuff done and don't really take time to relax because it's always kind of like, "What purpose is this serving? I'm doing this so I can like keep things going and be a good parent and support, and be a good, and support my family and whatever. Be a good hu- be a good husband or wife. And it's good to have things to do that you just like doing for the sake of doing them. And I was even thinking myself like, "What hobbies do I actually engage in? I don't go to the gym a lot, and that isn't really a hobby. That's more like a." say that's more like a job for me, like it's something I have to do and it's it's an exchange between me and the gym. The contractors, I go to the gym. If I go to the gym consistently I will get a better body. Fine. Um I bought roller skates. I re, I really want to roller skate, I just haven't had the time but that was a potential hobby. Uh and again I said to my mom, like watching Netflix and watching T V is not a hobby, it's just a pastime. Um I don't have a I don't have anything I do just for the sake of doing it for return. And that's why I'm so I'm trying to now work on building into my week time to Experiment with hobbies, or actually just pick up roller skating again. It's getting dark now in the UK. It's like it's pitch black outside now, and it's what like just gone seven. So I'm not sure, but I'm gonna try and hopefully find time to build that in. Obviously, I have a job, I have a career, and I know my vacation. But I would encourage you, listeners, to sit down if you haven't already, or if you don't know what they are, and ask yourself: Do I have these four things? And am I clear on what they are? What's my what's my What's my um, hobby? Do I have a hobby? If not, can I find one? You obviously know your job. Have I figured out what my career is, what my career plan is? And then what's my vocation? What's my purpose? Cause it's like, I've been, since I've watched the video, like actually taking time to kind of break down all four of these and kind of figure out what I can put in each box. And it's, it's actually quite affirming to do that. And also like can make you think, okay, well actually like I'm saying this is my vocation but actually my job and career are completely separate. I'm not even really doing anything to maintain that connection to that vocation. Let's fix it. Let's talk about it. Let's think about it. So yeah, I thought it was a great video. Elizabeth um, Gilbert on YouTube, distinguishing between hobbies, jobs, careers and vacations. Give it a watch. That's my take this week. That's what I'm thinking about. And um, my other take is actually, no, I was going to talk about Kanye West, but maybe I'll do that next week. All the ties that he's been cut with, but I think that's, kind of a follow-on from what I said in one of my previous Timmy takes where Kanye West is now suffering the repercussions of all of his inappropriate behaviour and actually is, I mean, I've heard he's lost like 80% of his net worth and has gone from like X billion to now like I think um, 400k, which is crazy, but there are repercussions when you say things about people and you disparage people and you insult people and you offend people repeatedly, like at some point you will suffer and I think you just took it too far and antisemitism is not cool. And I think he, he got what he deserved. So that's my quick take on that. But other than that, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Black The Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And I will see you guys next week. Goodbye.